What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. My colleague will stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people in meetings. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast, where I answer questions from listeners about life at work. Everything from what to say if you're allergic to your coworker's perfume to what to do if you drink too much at the company party. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to answer a bunch of shorter questions from people. The first question today, well, I'm just going to say that when I first started Ask a Manager 11 years ago, I never expected to get so many questions involving office toilet etiquette. Hi, Allison. I work in a small office of about 35 people, and we have an interesting situation here that none of the leadership is quite sure how to contend with. So we decided to ask you. Someone or perhaps multiple people are not flushing the toilet. I know. Staff are reporting with some regularity and no pun intended that they are finding toilets filled with, shall we say, large deposits and are grossed out. How do you advise I address this with my staff? I've been a manager for more than 20 years and it's a first for me. Okay. (laughs) The first thing I need to say here is that I get a lot of letters from people whose offices are in the same situation, which has really surprised me because who knew that this was so common? I've even encountered it in real life. I once worked in an office where this was happening. We called whoever was doing it the phantom pooper. And it suddenly stopped after one particular guy was fired. So either he was the phantom pooper or someone else was and realized that they could frame him by choosing that particular time to stop. I want to say that second option is too pathological to explain it. But on the other hand, the behavior itself is already kind of pathological. So who knows? I also have a relative who reported it was happening in his office, too. And like I said, I get a bunch of letters about it. So apparently there is a weird epidemic of aggressive non-flushing in offices. 
As for an answer, I don't have a great answer for this. I don't know that anyone does. I mean, obviously, you can try putting up signs asking people to flush, but people generally already know that they're supposed to flush. It's not like a sign is going to teach someone that rule for the first time. Maybe if it's just happening because someone is incredibly absent-minded, but I'm skeptical that this is about being absent-minded. I mean, flushing is a key part of the activity that you're in there to do. So I think it's more deliberate than that and that it often can be a kind of act of aggression. It's, you know, it's no coincidence that the guy who at least seemed to be responsible in my office was someone who eventually got fired for unrelated reasons. It's not the kind of thing that you think your star performer is doing, you know? It feels more like an FU. And if that is the case, signs aren't going to help and might even egg the person on. But you can try signs. Who knows? Try putting up some friendly signs, asking people to remember to flush and see what happens. It probably won't solve it, but it'll take minimal effort to try that out. But assuming that doesn't solve it, at that point, you don't have a lot of options. If you really want to get serious about it, there is one thing that can potentially work. It's kind of a pain, though. You can put a lock on the bathroom door and start requiring people to get the key from your receptionist in order to get in there. That's actually not an uncommon setup. Lots of offices do have bathrooms that work that way. But if yours isn't already set up like that, it can feel like a lot of effort and change just to get someone to flush the toilet. But that is a way to potentially stop it because if someone walks in there and finds something gross, it's much easier to know who was last in there if people have to get a key every time. So there's this sort of specter of accountability, and that might stop it. But again, I mean, that's a lot of effort to go through for this. The other thing, though, and this is a fairly meta way to address it, but you could think about your staff and who's thriving there and who's not. You know, do you have someone who's struggling with their work or who seems unhappy or just any unresolved personnel issues? And I am not saying you should then go to them and accuse them of doing this. Absolutely not. The idea is that if you do have unresolved staff issues, you might take this as an incentive to really tackle those. And I know that sounds totally unrelated, but like I was saying before, this isn't something that your star performer generally does. And really, you should be resolving any existing staff issues anyway. But it's human nature to let things linger, and lots of employers, lots of managers do let things linger. It is possible that by deciding we're going to do a sort of organizational health checkup and start working to fix anything that isn't in good shape. It is possible that in doing that, you will find that this problem goes away too. And that might seem like an awfully big picture reaction to something that seems very small. But what I'm saying is that this poop might be like the canary in a coal mine, you know, a sign that not all is well, the poop in the coal mine, if you will. Or not. I mean, maybe you have a tremendously absent-minded person on your staff. Who knows? But it's always a good idea to do that kind of organizational health check anyway. And there are all kinds of other good things that could result from it. So it wouldn't be wasted effort. That's probably way more than you expected me to read into poop in the toilet. But there you have it. Okay, let's go to our next question. Hi, Allison. My name is Raya. I love your podcast and love hearing your helpful suggestions to people at their workplace. I have a question for you that's been a recurring topic of debate among me and my friends. What is your opinion on using personality tests to hire? Personally, I kind of think they're like horoscopes. Uh, I think people sort of read into them and pick what they want to hear and ignore what they don't want to hear. 
I could give you another hundred reasons why I don't like them, but I'm really interested in hearing your take. Uh, thank you for your time, and I really look forward to many more episodes. In hiring specifically, I'm not a fan of personality tests. Frankly, I'm not a fan of using them with existing employees either, but that is more just about my personal preference. I know that a lot of people have found things like Strength Finder or the DISC assessment to be really helpful in giving insights into their own strengths and their approach to work and for getting insight into those same things for their coworkers and just figuring out how to communicate with each other better. Some people do really find value in that. But using it with an existing team is one thing. Using it as part of your hiring process is a lot more problematic. There are employers who have people take personality tests early on in their hiring process, and then they just automatically reject people who don't score a certain way. It puts way too much weight on the results of the tests. And actually, several of the big personality tests, like the Myers-Briggs, specifically say that they should not be used in hiring. There's a couple of big problems with doing it in hiring. One, there are loads of problems with most of these tests' scientific validity. It's one thing if you want to use a non-scientifically valid test with existing employees because you think it helps people learn to communicate better with each other or whatever it might be. But it's a really different thing to use them to make decisions about who you will and won't employ. Another problem is that you're forcing people to take what is essentially a psychological test as part of your hiring process. And people are entitled to some psychological privacy. It's not really reasonable for an employer to require that a potential employee open up to them so completely. It's kind of gross, you know, to, to scrutinize every aspect of a candidate's life in that way. And then the other thing is, it's just not good hiring. People with different personality types can excel at the same job for different reasons. And it's not smart to decide that you know who will be good at what based on the results of a personality test when you have much more relevant information right in front of you in the form of their work history and their accomplishments. It's a little like if we were going to hire based on IQ. Intelligence is great, but what you really want to know is what has the person used their intelligence for? What have they achieved? And it's the same thing with personality tests. You want to look at what they have actually gotten done. And that is a much more reliable measure of what you can expect from them if you hire them. Let's take a short break here and come back with a lot more questions. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome back. Okay, next question. Hi, Allison. I work for a small media company, and we're constantly battling to stay staffed properly. Uh, Clients will send us large projects with a tight deadline, and so we'll staff up to meet the demand but then the client will inevitably delay and force us to let people go since we can't always sustain a higher staff when the money isn't coming in as quickly as expected. Um, My question for you is what's the best way that we can let people go without killing morale or treating them unfairly? We're a small group, so we tend to become pretty good friends, and it's hard to watch good people get cut simply because of financials. Sometimes we're cutting three or to five people, which is a pretty big blow when our total staff hovers around 20 to 25 people. In the past, my boss has pulled the staff members who are getting cut into a conference room while somebody else hits send on an email to the remaining staff, letting them know what's going on. Then while those on the chopping block are being let go, their workstations are locked down and they gather their belongings and leave. The reaction is basically chaos from the moment people start reading the email until they say goodbye, and everybody grumbles about how shady it is to fire people this way and how uncompassionate it is. I'm torn myself because I'm not sure what other way we could possibly do it. So what are your thoughts? What's a graceful way for a small company to make big cuts like this? I know we'll never make everybody happy, but surely there's got to be a better way out there. This is so hard. There isn't really a great way to do layoffs. They always suck and they're always hard. The way that your company is doing it is actually pretty typical. It's very common for companies to have laid off employees leave immediately, in part because they want the staff who remain to be able to adjust to this new normal as quickly as possible. And it can be hard on everyone to have laid off employees sticking around. Hard on the people being laid off, of course, but also hard on their coworkers who can feel kind of guilty and awkward, and it can prevent the company from being able to move forward and recover. I suspect with your staff who are complaining, it's feeling very abrupt. You know, one moment they have these coworkers who they've grown close to, and the next minute people are gone. So one thing that you might do is talk to your staff about why you do it this way and how it can be difficult for someone to be told that they're being laid off, but then still be expected to stick around and be productive. But there are two other things that I would also do. One is to make sure that you're treating your laid off employees as well as you can. You know, make sure that you're giving them generous severance, pay for their health insurance as long as you can, and 
even help with job hunting leads if you can. If your remaining employees see that you're doing those things, it's going to help. They want to see that you're treating people well. So the more that you can demonstrate that you are, the better. The other thing, though, is that it sounds from your letter like this is not an uncommon thing to have to do. And if you are regularly needing to lay people off because you're staffing up for a new project and then the client delays or doesn't come through, you might need to change the way that you're handling that staffing. You might be better off going with contract workers or temporary workers where it's explicit from the beginning that this could happen rather than hiring people as longer term employees when the reality is that you know from past experience that you might not be able to keep them on. You don't want to hire someone away from a good full-time job to come work for you and then end up laying them off a few months later. That's pretty awful to do to someone if there's any way that you can foresee it. Sometimes you can't foresee it, of course, but it sounds like in this case it's happened enough that you know going in that it's possible. And in that case, at a minimum, you've got to be open and transparent about it with people so that they can make good decisions for themselves and not get blindsided by it later. But it would be even better if you could change the whole model that you're using to hire for those projects so that it is explicitly structured as a shorter-term contract to begin with, maybe with higher pay to compensate for the uncertainty that's built into the timeline. That would be the right thing to do for them. And I suspect the rest of your staff would feel a lot better about it if they knew that that's how it was being handled. Okay, next letter. So I quit my job at Company A that I really liked back in December and have been working at a new place closer to home since then. I regretted quitting almost immediately. I left my previous job at Company A for a few reasons. Tensions with a bullying manager, low pay, and chronically overworked employees, to name a few. I decided to quit and come to Company B for those reasons. I heard lots of good things about Company B and did enjoy it for a while. The work was easier, I can bike to the office, and my schedule is flexible. However, I find myself unchallenged and disengaged at Company B. The people here are less dynamic and have a different cohort than myself, and the work is much less interesting. I miss the hard work and the people at Company A. I reached out to Company A about three months after starting my new job to open the door to coming back and had what I thought was a positive meeting with my previous manager. I also talked to several of my colleagues at Company A, and they were over the moon at the prospect of me returning. However, those meetings did not go anywhere, and I did not hear back from my former manager. I decided not to push it. I've thought about it for a while now and feel I made a mistake in leaving. How can I reopen the communication with Company A to express my desire to go back? Or should I just take the hint and look elsewhere? Would so appreciate hearing your thoughts on this. Thank you. There is a framework of thinking in your question that I hear from people a lot, which is, that you're looking at this as a choice between A and B when you really should be looking at C. It sounds like you left company A for really good reasons. A bullying manager and low pay and being chronically overworked are things you want to get away from, not things that you want to knowingly go back to. Aside from the low pay, which of course you do know about going in, those are the sorts of conditions that people tend to discover after taking a job and hate and wish that they had known about beforehand because they would not have signed on if they had. You have the advantage here of already knowing what it's like there, and it sounds like you made a smart decision to leave. I think you're second-guessing it now because Company B turned out not to be the right match for you, but that doesn't mean that you should go back to Company A. I would actually take the fact that your conversations with them about returning didn't go anywhere as a blessing in disguise and instead focus your energy 
on finding a better match somewhere else. I will say that when you do that, be careful that you don't jump at the first offer that you get, which is easy to do when you're in a bad situation and you want to get out of it. But because you have not been at the current job at company B very long, I think close to a year, you want to make sure that wherever you go next, you can happily stay for at least a few years so that your resume doesn't start looking job hoppery. You're totally fine with this one shortish stay. You just don't want to start racking up more of them because you don't want it to look like a pattern. So just be really vigilant about screening the next employer and do due diligence to make sure that it's really what you want. I mean, of course, that's always a good idea to do anyway. Just be really careful about it in this context. But yeah, don't go back to a job that sounds so problematic just to get away from the current one. That would be like going back to a bad ex rather than dating new people. You've got lots of other options out there. Let's go to a quick break and then I'll come right back with another question. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome back. Okay, here is our next question. Hi, Allison. I'm a recent graduate working in a major metropolitan area. I put my all into work, but I often like to plan for things after hours, like networking events, alumni meetings, or dinner with friends. I'm contracted 9 to 5, just like my colleagues with the same title. My new supervisor often keeps me late without notice. I almost always let him know when I have conflicts after work, but he often emails me new assignments right before I'm about to leave. He has told me my relatively frequent requests to leave on time, not early, are quote-unquote inconvenient. I now think he's distracted by these requests so much that it hinders him from seeing my efforts. I am always early and often work through lunch and complete overtime. I meet deadlines and expectations. None of my colleagues with the same title are held to these time standards and are instead given much more flexibility. How do I stand up for myself without crossing the line? My boss is the head manager, and we don't have a human resources department. Thanks so much. Well, that is annoying. It is true that nine-to-five jobs aren't always really nine-to-five. 
in professional type jobs, it's not uncommon to need to stay late to work on something that comes up at the last minute or to meet a deadline. It shouldn't be happening constantly, though, unless that's something that you were prepared for in the hiring process or unless it's a known condition of your field. But having it happen occasionally is not uncommon. But a good manager will work around it if you explain that you have existing plans unless whatever the work is is truly crucial or unless whatever your existing plans are sound really, really flexible. Like if if something fairly important comes up and you say, well, I was planning to go to the gym, that's not going to look great. But, you know, if you have a commitment to someone else and something comes up that isn't super time sensitive, a good manager would not push on that. I'm curious about two things. The first is how time sensitive is the work that he's giving you right as you're about to leave? And was there any way for it to be handled earlier in the day? In other words, is the way that he's doing this really necessary? Or is there something else going on? And then my second thing that I'm wondering about is it's interesting that other people with your same title aren't having this happen. If they have different bosses than you, that could definitely explain it. But if you all have the same boss, then it's weird. And it makes me wonder what else might be going on. Like, does he think that you're more competent and so he wants you to be the one to do the work? Or are you getting stuck with it because you're the one who doesn't have kids and therefore you don't need to leave for daycare pickup, but everyone else does? Or something unfair like that. In any case, I think the best thing to do here is to talk to him about it head on, sit down with him and say something like, I wanted to talk to you about my hours. I've gotten the sense that you don't want me making plans in the evening in case last minute work comes up. And I wanted to clarify what is expected of me. My understanding when I was hired was that the role is is mostly nine to five, although I understand that of course, occasionally I might need to stay late. I wouldn't want you to have the sense that I'm not putting in the time. I'm always early and I often work through lunch and work overtime hours and I never miss deadlines. But of course, I also do sometimes have commitments outside of work and I can change those when something is really urgent. But I have the sense that you have wanted me to be available in the evenings more often than I have been. I don't want to guess at what your expectations are, so I was hoping we could talk about it. When you say that tone really matters, you want to sound kind of the tone I was just using. Like it's it's sort of you're trying to not be defensive or argumentative or saying that you absolutely have to do it your way, but you're trying to get a better understanding of what the situation is and what he's looking for. And then see what he says. But if he tells you that, yes, you will frequently need to work later than you have been, it would be reasonable to say, Can I ask you more about that? I've noticed that other people in this job do regularly leave on time, and I'm wondering, is there something about my particular role that makes it different? I'm not trying to argue with you. I just want to understand so that we're on the same page going forward. And who knows? He might actually have an explanation here that makes sense. Like, maybe you deal with a different type of client than other people do, and your clients have more time-sensitive work, or who knows what. But if not, then depending on how the conversation has gone overall, you could possibly say something like, um, I really appreciate you talking with me about this. Is there a way to make this work where I am still able to have evening commitments? I, of course, can work around them when there is an emergency, but I'm hoping that you'll factor in that I am coming in early and working through lunch and doing excellent work. And I'm hoping my schedule can be more similar to the other analysts or whatever your job title is. Hopefully that'll lead to a useful conversation. But if you come away from this having been told, yeah, this is just how it is and you just need to deal with it, 
then at that point, you know, okay, this is part of the deal with this job, at least for as long as he is your manager. And at that point, you have to decide what do you want to do within those parameters? And that could mean you decide you're going to suck it up. It could mean you decide you're going to look for a job with different hours. It could mean that you just keep doing what you've been doing, which is pushing back and letting him know when you have other plans on a day that he wants you to stay later. But a lot of this depends on the type of work that you're doing and the culture of your office, because there are offices where it would be totally fine to push back like this. And there are others where you might come across as not understanding the nature of the work. And I don't know from here which yours is, although it is really interesting that other people in your same job don't have the same expectations. And I think one of the most useful paths here might be finding out why that is. One last thing about this, you had said that you're contracted nine to five. I have been assuming when you said that you don't actually mean that you have an actual signed contract limiting your work to those hours. I am assuming that because most people in the U.S. don't have contracts in that sense. They have offer letters, they have employee handbooks and hiring paperwork, but it's unusual to see actual employment contracts except for very high level executives in most fields. Now, if I'm wrong about that and you do have a contract that explicitly limits your work hours, you'd point to that contract. But I'm assuming this is a more typical situation where your hours were just laid out in an offer letter or in a handbook, which isn't binding in the same way, and where your employer can say, hey, I need you to stay late tonight. Well, that is our show for today. If you would like to hear your question answered on a future episode, you can record it on the show voicemail by calling 855-426-WORK. That's 855-426-9675. Or if you have a longer question, a question where you actually want to come on the show and talk with me, email it to podcast at askamanager.org. That's it for today. And I'll be back next time with more questions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.